0: Sometimes you just need to touch grass, literally and figuratively. And we recommend you bring books. Tell the bibliologists set Tailored Book Recommendations about what you love and what you don't and what you want to read this summer on your outdoor adventures. You can get your recommendations via email or receive hardcovers in the mail. And TBR has plans for every budget. This summer, touch grass. And bring books. You pack the bags, we pick the books. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's Mm mytbr.co.
1: Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode one hundred and twenty-seven, and we are recording on Monday, May sixteenth. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra. How are you on this ugh, Monday? <laughs> uh, uh, basically, that
2: I am. Bleh. Uh, I am. <laughs> ugh. I'm sleepy. It's only seven p.m. here. I'm not sure why I'm still. I'm so sleepy all of a sudden. I'm sleepy. I'm hungry. I'm tired,
1: but basically okay. How are you? <laughs> oh, uh, we're, we're out of chocolate in the house, and I'm really feeling it. <laughs> we ran out of Oreos a few days ago, and we haven't been to the store. <laughs> it's not looking good for this Monday, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's this, I mean, we're, if we're really talking about first world problems here when I'm complaining about the, the level of Oreos in my house, but... 100%, yes. But...
2: But you know, it is what it is. It is, you know.
1: Yeah, it is. But yeah, I feel like the last two weeks since we've recorded have has just felt like one giant Monday. Like yeah. I mean, in like banal ways like I don't have any chocolate and like really terrible ways too. Yes. Like we won't have to jump into all of that, but I was yeah. looking back, I'm like, Oh, we recorded at the end of April. What a what a sweet, innocent time that was.
2: Truly. Truly, I agree. Yes, it has, it has, it's only two weeks. What? It seems like forever.
1: I know. And yet at the same time, it's like, what do you mean we're in the second half of May and <laughs> exactly. Memorial Day is coming up? And yes, and people are
2: like, what are you doing Memorial Day weekend? And I'm like, I'm not ready for this weekend. I do not. <laughs> I'm just going to lie on the floor, like, do nothing.
1: You know what? I did do that, like, not this last Friday, but the Friday before. I had just had a week, and I came home from work, and I was I was kneeling on the floor right when I came home, and I was petting one of the cats, and then I just, like, he walked away, and I just kind of just spluted forward on the floor and just kind of lay there face down uh. for... I was just going to lay there for a minute, um, and then my husband comes up behind me, and he sees me on the floor, and he goes, oh, no! And then I hear rustling in the kitchen, and the next thing I know, he's putting down a very large alcoholic beverage on the floor next to my face. <laughs> and he just kind of backs away. He goes, "You, you drink that when you're ready." And that's true love right there.
2: <laughs> that it truly is. That it just sounds like a you know romance novel in the making. Honestly, it
1: really. It, yeah, no, ever. Yeah, people I've told, they're like, my gosh, he he knew exactly what to do. I'm like, this is not the first time he's seen that. But this is a long way of saying if you need to lay face down on the floor, I support you. I endorse this. <laughs> Laying face down on the floor is officially endorsed by Red or Dead as yes. a healthy coping mechanism.
2: <laughs> oh, on to more. Yes. Better, like, cheery things. Books. What are you reading? Yes.
1: Well, I am reading a book that I am going to talk about later in the episode, but I will say that I am listening to it on audio for the first time, and I'm very much enjoying it. And, oh, and I did, between our last recording and this recording, I did finish listening to The Southern Book Club's Guide to Hunting Vampires, and it it was very good. It was not... There were lots of things that happened in that book that I was not expecting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it took some turns and it went to some dark places. And I know I texted you at the at the very end when I finished it up about a minor yet nagging element of the yes. book that was really driving me nuts. And so I, I was I was pleased with that. Just to keep it keep it cryptic, not to give away any spoilers. But yeah, that was one heck of a ride. And that is that is a book that like it, it definitely made me think twice about about things and yeah, as we've said before, this is a book that would easily appeal to crime fiction fans as well as horror readers and there's just a lot happening in that book. So if you are looking for looking for something in that in that vein, just know that it, it is this is also Red or Dead endorsed. Southern Book Club's Guide to Hunting Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Yes, one of the things that I, I took me by surprise
2: and that I, I appreciate about this book is that some dark stuff is going on, but there's this humor, like not hu- humor humor, but it's like, I, I guess, lightness to it, for the lack of a better word. Like, you're like, oh, that's gross. And then you're like, <laughs> at the same time, you're just like reading it. and You're like, you know, you're just like, you're not as grossed out by it as if I, I can't explain it. Like, there's something...
1: I don't want to use the word pure or wholesome. He makes it, yeah, and he makes it approachable, like, you know? Yeah. There's a vein of, like, goodness running through the book. Like, characters trying to do their best. And not yeah. all of them succeed. And some of them you really can't stand. But there there's an earnestness to it that I very much appreciate. I, I love
2: that. Yes, exactly. Yes, 100%. Yes. But, yeah, it it is kind of gross. exactly yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like but it's a very, I don't know. I, I usually cannot read this much grossness going on, but I, yeah. I i was I was fine with it this time,
1: yeah. so if if you're intrigued by these vague statements, Pick up the book <laughs> that you can understand a little bit more about what we're sort of not talking about. Then come join the conversation,
2: yes. The half conversation. Yes. But for me, I recently picked up on, I was on a trip to Toronto and then there was, I found this super cute used bookshop, which had a whole shelf of Canadian authors on it. And that's when I came across the book that I really wanted to read. It was the Push by Ashley Audrain,
0: oh, and yeah. she's a
2: Canadian author. and and, I, and I've had this book on my shelf for now, like for a while, but that just sort of pushed it on my, uh, like pushed it above, like on the top to my reader. And then Marine Ireland narrates the audiobook, and I just started the audiobook. And it's basically about it's a psychological drama about how there's this mother. I, I'm I'm very. Little into it, but basically, it's about this mother who has, you know, who, who's had a traumatic past, but she's, you know, she's making a life for herself. She has a daughter, but her do- like motherhood for her is not going as she's she'd expected. And then she has her second child, and he is everything she's ever wanted, you know. But seeing how her daughter interacts with her second child, she fears that there's something wrong with her daughter, and then. Like we never, we, like you, you like, and then the story takes a turn, obviously. I mean, that's that's how much I know, having not read it. <laughs> but I just read the prologue, like I heard the prologue on audio and oh my goodness, it is one of the best prologues I've ever read. I'm ready for this. It just hooked me, it reeled me in, reeled me in. So that's what I'm reading. So I'm, ha- I'm excited to report about what I think about it.
1: But yeah. Basically, that's that's what's on my currently reading shelf. Awesome. Yes, I've had that one on, on my radar as well, so I'll be very interested to hear about what you think of it. Okay, so before we get going with this episode, let's go ahead and do our first sponsor.
0: Sometimes you just need to touch grass, literally and figuratively, and we recommend you bring books. Tell the bibliologists set tailored book recommendations about what you love and what you don't and what you want to read this summer on your outdoor adventures. You can get your recommendations via email or receive hardcovers in the mail. And TBR has plans for every budget. This summer, touch grass and bring books. You pack the bags, we pick the books. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co
1: all right so to all of our new listeners welcome we're delighted to have you if you're a longtime listener welcome back once again we are so thankful and happy that you continue to put us in your ear holes every two weeks so like we said at the top of the episode, we talk about mystery and suspense and anything that falls under that ginormous umbrella, whether it's true crime or movie adaptations or sub-genres that we haven't explored much or author read-alikes. Basically, if it's mysterious and suspenseful, it's fair game for us to talk about. So this is the part of the episode where many of our longtime listeners will recognize. This is where we put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they have helped us plan so many of the previous episodes that we've recorded they help us know what you the listeners would like to hear more of they help us expand our own reading horizons and it's r- really helpful when we're just in there going I don't know what what we're gonna what our next topic is going to be so you you're really helping us helping us create the show here so if you have any ideas or recommendations you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media we're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. So don't worry about getting it down now. We just like to put out the call ahead of time to get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, there is nothing that we enjoy more than hearing from our lovely listeners. So definitely hit us up if you feel so inclined. And if you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that more people can find us and join us and share in the mysterious rivalry that we have created. And with that, we've got one tiny yet large piece of news for this week. Not a ton happening after the Edgar Awards were announced, but recently Jane Harper, who many of you know is a Red or Dead and Book Riot favorite, and she announced the Final book featuring Aaron Falk, and that is going to be published in the US in early 2023. Now, I may have totally missed the boat here or just completely did not know this. I did not realize that. Do you know if she planned the Aaron Falk books to be a trilogy or if this was something, you know, if it was planned to be a a short series? Because I had no idea that she's like, well, this is the final one. I'm like, but it's only the third one. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm with you on this one. I don't think she had, I think she didn't disclose any plans of how she she wanted it to go. So it, it was fair game, you know?
1: Yeah, I I know she's obviously done standalone novels, and so it's not like this is going to be the end of Jane Harper writing novels. But you know, if for those of you who haven't read Jane Harper before, the series novels, the the novels featuring Erin Falk, that that was her debut novel, *The Dry*, which was amazing, and *Force of Nature*, which was also amazing. And so this third and final one is going to be called The Exiles. And I am, she's got a cover reveal on Instagram that I am looking at right now. And I hope that they keep the cover for the U.S. version that I am currently seeing on Instagram, because (laughs) it is gorgeous. It is, like, it it is is a gorgeous landscape photo as a cover. And I would, like, it, oh, it's so pretty. (laughs) So we're here for it. Yeah. And it's going to be out in Australia in September. So because obviously she's an Australian author. So they so they're getting first crack at it. (laughs) And then it's going to be released in early 2023 in the US and the UK. And yeah, so that's exciting and kind of sad. And but I'm excited to see where she goes from here and yeah give new gene harper to put on your radar yes and have you had a chance to see the series yet eric banna
2: is in it
1: oh my gosh no i i i know we've reported on it on the on <laughs> show and i was super excited when i heard eric banna i'm like oh i like <laughs> eric banna a lot the stakes have risen <laughs> yes and My husband and I, we were planning on watching it or we were, it was kind of the planning where we're like, yeah, we'll watch. Yeah, we should watch that. And then we just, we never did. He also hasn't read the dry and I'm kind of like, "Mm, you need, I feel like you need to read the book before you watch the show. Like, yes,
2: definitely. 100%.
1: I don't even know what the, what the show, like how it keeps to the book or not, but that was such a good book that I'm just like, just read it.
2: (laughs) Just read it. Just go read it.
1: Yes. Agreed. Just read it.
2: Yes. That's our subtitle. Just read. Just read it. (laughs) But okay, so for I am I am excited about what we're so going to discuss on the show, but also a little bit hesitant, (laughs) hesitant because it is not my area of expertise. But but I do enjoy dabbling in it every now and then. So today we're going to be discussing time traveling mysteries. I don't know why I felt the need to add so much pep to this
1: time travel mysteries (laughs) but
2: basically this was also i think this was one of my colleagues was like i love your show here are some things i would love for you to you know like talk about and we just we just loved i
1: don't think i don't think you and i have done like a time traveling episode and i was like "That is, yeah, you and i have and i'm trying to remember if Renzi and i did and if we did it was a while ago so hopefully we'll be starting fresh (laughs) yeah
2: and I was like, yeah, like, this is, this is interesting. This is truly challenging. Like, I do not, usually for around themes, I can be like, oh, yeah, this has this. You're looking for, like, a small town feel, uh, like, an epistolary feel. Like, are you, like, this was a, truly a challenge. So I'm excited to talk about this one.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a small niche kind of because it's not like well it's yes. got a little bit of time travel in it like it's either you time travel or you don't yeah and so there's not it's there's the the definitions are are pretty like
2: murky <laughs> yeah
1: yeah or just just like well it's like does it you know a does it try time travel that that categorizes it but like yeah it's you know, it is very much outside the realm of traditional mysteries. Yes. And I will say when I was picking mine and I think you had the same issue as well. We were we came up against a honestly a su- a surprising lack of books that we could easily find written by authors of color, which usually I mean I mean there's it's something that we encounter a fair amount but we're usually able to be like okay you know there's there's you know we we're not finding many authors of color but you know there's there's a couple good examples that we want to talk about I was having the hardest time I could not find anything
2: yes I agree and I I had a similar experience and then also it also got me thinking you know why is that the case I mean besides the obvious glaring gaping holes in how publishing works like why could it like you know and I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like the idea of time traveling doesn't really hold Elior for anyone. Ex- you know, because like things yeah. have gotten
1: better ish. <laughs> maybe it's just the the blending of the of the genres that just you know we're not seeing a lot of in general, and so it's reflecting. Yeah. You know, it's it's really showing the the like you said the the gaping holes in publishing. So, I guess at the be at the outset if you ha- if anyone does have any suggestions for time traveling mysteries written by authors of color, we would love to hear them
2: <laughs> yes,
1: yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty difficult to find. But I would love for you to kick us off because i like I think I said before we started recording, I don't think I'm familiar with either of the books that you mentioned, so I'm interested to learn something new.
2: Yes. Okay. So my first pick is the the anomaly, and this is by Hervé Le Tellier, and this is a French work translated into English. So please uh, correct me if I've pronounced the name wrong. And this is translated by Adriana Hunter. And the the way I stumbled upon this book because it was one of the uh, New York Times to the list, and it was the one of the best thrillers of the year 2021 and I was intrigued because so many so few people were talking about it Um, it is like the genre like the time traveling mystery genre itself it is a bit of a niche of a book but basically I wouldn't say this is exactly a time traveling book but I think that one of the things that you've written in the notes uh, Katie is so true that it's like it's like a multiverse parallel dimension sort of situation happening over here So our story is basically takes place in a plane in June, 2021. There are passengers that are going from Paris to New York. Among them are multiple. I love the beginning of this book. It basically starts from this perspective of a contract killer. So we have Blake, who's a contract killer. We have Slim Boy, who's a Nigerian pop star. Joanna, who's a lawyer and Victor, who is an unsuccessful writer and they all have secrets that they're harboring, and they, you know, they have this idea of themselves that they are living double lives and they have secrets to hide until what happens is their plane goes through a bit of a situation and they do find themselves living double lives. And that's basically, you know, all I can say without exposing too much of it. And so this book basically, it's like, it gets a little sci-fi-ish because obviously when there, I think that's another reason why we don't see a lot of the crossover or maybe, you know, like it's, it does get a bit technical because you know, there are laws of time that you have to explain, which like usually you can suspend disbelief in a lot of books, but I feel like with time, there is just like it's just this thing where you can, where up to a certain extent, you have to have some logic around it. So that, I think that's one of another reasons why we might not be seeing a lot of this genre, or maybe it's yeah, or maybe it's just our you know lack of exploring this subgenre. But it does get a little sci-fi-ish. That was my point. But it's also like a very nice blend of genres. So it's very heavy on the literary fiction because you get essentially four character studies. And then you also get to see their lives, like what their double life looks like in their head and what it actually is like when they're, you know, actually living double lives on different planes, maybe. So it's fascinating. It's it's very well done. It's very readable. Like it's a very well done translation. However, I take some fault with the label of a thriller. I would call it a mystery. I would call it a slow paced mystery rather than a thriller so I would manage the expectations that way, that they're not like there's not one big splashy event that happens that everything is building up to, but there is this sense of mystery that pervades the whole novel it's very well done, I highly recommend it, and I was I was very happy that I got a chance to talk about this for this one, so it's The Anomaly by Hervé Letelier and it's uh, translated by Adriana
1: Hunter alright, so My first pick is, I mean, one that I have been talking, I have talked about a a fair amount on this show, but I haven't actually reread the book since it came out like almost 10 years ago. So this was very, this was exciting to give me the opportunity to reread this book. And that is The Shining Girls by Lauren Bukas. And yeah, this book I think this book contradicts noor sort of what you were like well there has to you know there has to be some kind of like sense of logic. This book does not have that. <laughs> at least in terms of the time traveling element. Like it just kind of is there and the it, you just kind of take it as like oh okay yeah I guess this is happening now. But this book I'm listening to this on audio. This was the book that I alluded to at the beginning of the show and the audiobook is so well done. The narrators, thats multiple narrators, because the book is told from different points of view, and the narrators are just, are so fantastic. They, their, their voices, like, they don't overemphasize stuff. They're not, like, they're, they're not dry. They, you know, it's like the perfect match. So if somehow you have not, Pick you have not heard about the plot of The Shining Girls from me. <laughs> um, basically, this the the short answer for what this book is about is it is about a time traveling serial killer in Chicago. Which when I first read r- heard about this book, I'm like I'm in. And then <laughs> and then you mix in the fat like it also sprinkles in elements of like Chicago sports and the Cubs. Which for me, I was like. It's like Lauren Bucus just like went into my brain found the stuff that I'm interested in and said, here's a book for you, Katie. And so I will admit that my love for this book is, is a lot of it is based on very, very specific uh, niche interests that not every reader will have. But it is still a, extremely well written. It is an extremely compelling story. The time aspect, um, like I said, the time traveling serial killer in Chicago. He exists. His he, he starts off in 1931 Chicago, and he his name is Harper, and he comes across this dilapidated house in Chicago that he seems inexplicably drawn to this this boarded up abandoned house, and he find and this house allows him to jump back and forth through time and he the house is also compelling him to go out and ritualistically murder these specific women in specific times and these are the shining girls like there's something about them that the house And I'm doing big air quotes here, you know, just that the house wants, and Harper is the person to go out and kill these women. So that's kind of like the basic background premise. Now, what happens is he goes into—I can't remember—it's either late '80s or early '90s—and he tries to kill a young woman named Kirby. Except he doesn't; she doesn't die. She pulls through. She survives. And she is the only one of his shining girls that survived his attack, and she wants to figure out who this was, why it happened, and she is starting to realize that there are connections between her attempted murder and other murders that happened throughout history in Chicago. And so she wants to put to try to put together the the clues as to what happened. And so that's that's kind of that's the basic plot of the book except the the book especially the first half of the book jumps backward and forward in time like you would not believe now they do the, the each chapter when there is a time shift the the chapter does indicate the date the date as to what's happening so just um if you're listening to it on audio just keep an ear open for that. And when you're going into the book, just make sure to keep an eye on that. Because I didn't fully realize when I started this book exactly how, like, there's very little linear structure in the first part of the book. And I think that threw me the first time I read it. And it's one of those books where it's like a very bizarre puzzle, and then you start to put the pieces together and you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. So there is a good payoff. But if you go in just kind of not sure, you know, not sure of what to expect, it may throw you off to the point where you're not able to focus on the story. So this is a this is something I do like to give people a heads up about just so that you're going in just kind of prepared. But this book has, I mean, it's fairly violent violent and dark, but there are also historical elements to it because of the time periods that Harper jumps back and forth um, in Chicago. So you you get pieces of the city's history, and it's just so well done, and it's so unusual, and it's just, it's so compelling. This is truly unlike any book I have ever read. It just, it's one of those books that just sticks with you. And it also, um, of course, was recently turned into a mini-series. Oh, was it on Hulu? Apple TV? I can't remember what... Hulu. It's on Hulu? Hulu, okay. and, it's, yeah, and it's Elizabeth Moss, I think. Yes, and it's Elizabeth Moss. And I cannot wait to watch this show. I'm going to start watching it um, after I'm able to finish the audiobook. I'm not all the way through it yet, but... Yeah, so this, this book is just bonkers, and... I, yeah, I just, I love this book to pieces so much. So this is my love letter to The Shining Girls by Lauren Bucus. And if you're willing to kind of jump into kind of a challenging read, the, you're, you're going to have fun with this one.
2: All right. And before I jump into my next pick, um, let's hear from our second sponsor. All right. So my next pick is The First 15 Lives of of Harry August by Claire North. And this is a bit of a stretch. No, not a stretch. But it's definitely more sci-fi-ish. But the element of mystery and thriller in this is that, you know, you, you sort of like grip the seat at the end during the story and you're like how it, how is the character gonna get out of this one how are they gonna do it and they don't because they're living multiple lives over and over again so again again this is not traditional traditional time traveling but it in a sense it is but it's also like reliving the old time again and again so just a bit about the book the book is the first 15 lives of harry august by claire north and we have harry august harry august is someone who finds himself on his deathbed and again, and wh- no matter how he changes, like how he, what decisions he takes, he always finds himself in that place again. And wh- the story begins, the story is a bit confusing in the beginning, as time traveling stories often are. In the beginning, you just, each chapter begins randomly from a story about, like, you know, a moment in time that he is in. And then basically, he always somehow ends up on his deathbed and it's basically the anguish like it it is exactly how it sounds like think of a day think of a really bad day think of a really really bad day and think of like having to relive it over and over again and oh it's like the author really captures the nightmarishness of that scenario and then it's it's also its like the book is brilliantly done it's it's a high and a low and It's basically about, like, the main character Harry he uh, he grapples with you know he every day he tries to find meaning in his life and by the time he does his life ends and then he starts reliving it again and it's just first the mystery element is okay will this ever stop will this loop ever stop and then the second is like how will it stop like how will he get time to basically get it together <laughs> so I have not and I had never read a book like this before it's a funny story one of my colleagues was actually the one who i I recommended the there's this fantastic book it's, it's something tuesday mooney and he recommended this book to me he said if you like that one you will love this one and he said i have read this book four times and i could read it again and i was i was sold so it's fantastic it's it's very different and it's also it also somehow accomplishes to be a commentary on the time that it is set in so it also has that element of historical fiction in it and it's very intersecting interest it has a bit of a mystery thriller aspect the literary aspect of the character you know growing but also not growing and then there's also the aspect of um historical fiction time traveling sci-fi shenanigans it's very it's very good it's delightful And I've noticed that both of my picks are not like Michael Crichton's typical sci-fi. They're always like a blend of this one genre and the other. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, that's my niche where I explore a subgenre with another subgenre that I am more comfortable with. So this is definitely that if you are looking for something like that, maybe something not completely sci-fi not completely mystery thriller then this would be a fantastic pick and getting like finding out in itself that it does this even ever end was was the best part it, it's it's a delightful book so that's the first 15 lives of harry august by claire
1: north All right. And the book title you were trying to think of was Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts.
2: Yes. There we go. Thank you.
1: (laughs) I was very quietly looking that up because I'm like, I know the name of that book. What is it?
2: (laughs) Right? I talk about that book all the time. So I'm like, why can I not remember it? But thank you. Yes. Fantastic book. It's not a time traveling book, but it's literally an adventure, uh, you know, Ready Player, more along the lines of Ready Player One. But yes. Thank you,
1: Katie. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, so my final pick is a not exactly time travel, although I do want to take just a quick tangent and just say, usually in these types of books, usually, it's if there is a time travel element, it's usually someone going back to the past, not someone going into the future and i just think that that's interesting like like you know someone like a modern person gets thrown into like 1800s victorian london and then has to solve a mystery like you don't see someone from 1800s victorian's victorian london being jettisoned to 2020 and then going what like maybe that would just be too difficult to make it seem plausible or to have this person go undetected <laughs> that they are a time traveler but i just i just was thinking about that on my ride home today so There you go. There's my tangent. (laughs) Anyway, my second pick that I wanted to talk about is, again, not a not a strict time traveling story. It's more in the vein of the multiverse type of story. But I feel like the, the same spirit applies. You have someone who is taken from the time that they know and the life that they know, and they are thrown into a completely unfamiliar time and place, and they have to figure out what the heck is going on. So anyway, my second pick is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And this book, this book came out in, I want to say, 2016. I actually got to meet the author at Book Expo one year. He was very nice. (laughs) Anyway, Dark Matter is very much a combination of high-octane thriller And hard science fiction, like... But in a very accessible way. Like every person I've met who has read this book has compared it to The Martian, which is one of those books that, like, at this point, most people have read The Martian. And The Martian's amazing. But anyway, so it's got that blend of, you know, the actual like, no, 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 this is this is actually like, you know, backed up with scientific data kind of writing, but also with that edge of your seat. Thriller, very engaging, cinematic type of story. So this book actually also takes place in Chicago. I did not, I did not choose these two books on purpose because of that. But we have Jason who is walking home, uh, in Chicago, going home to his family, and then the. Last thing he knows is that he's being knocked unconscious and then he awakens to find himself strapped to a gurney surrounded by strangers in like hazmat suits and there's this strange man looking down at him and says welcome back and jason's like what is going on so he wakes up basically in this alternative reality where his family is like he his family is not his family he is not he in his Regular life. He was a physics professor, and in this new one, he's not a professor. He is. He's kind of not a mad scientist, but kind of as celebrated as a scientific genius. And so he's now faced with the question of which was the real world, the the one that I remember, and I have all of these years of memories of. Or this one that I'm finding myself in, which doesn't feel real, but everyone's telling me it is. And yeah, so there's this, yeah, this this question of reality, like literally reality, but he's also like, you know, there's there's lots of not to go into into, into specifics, but you know, there's there's a very much a thriller element, because you know, there's there's something something odd and sinister happening. And yeah, this book is just, this is very, you know, this is very much a blend of science fiction and thriller. And if you want something that kind of goes hardcore like that, but again, in a really accessible way, like everyone talks about like this mo- this book is so cinematic, it would make a great movie. People have called it like a popcorn book where you just feel like you're just sitting there and you're just like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, this this book is a really fast read, really engaging characters, and yeah, the science is never is never to the point where you're completely lost. It fe- it feels accessible. And yeah, so this this is for something like if you're looking if you're looking for kind of like a jolt or like, you know, kind of a kick in the pants for for something to read, this would be a really great pick. And again, that is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch.
2: Ugh, that book. It's bizarre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I read it a while ago. I read it a while ago and I, I remember giving it to one of my then places that I was working on, one of my colleagues, and he came back the next day with this teased look in his eye and he was like, Do you have more? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, go to a bookshop or something like I I can't help you, bro. Like he was he was like, Can I keep the copy? And I was like, sure, you know. I think he's like read it multiple times since then, but that book was bizarre. But yes, I think that's all for us today. If you have any, you know, time-traveling mysteries, please, please feel free to share with us. If you've read any of the books that we talked about, come tell us what you thought. With that, let's jump into new releases. Yep. So, Katie, do you want to go ahead and give us yours first?
1: Sure. Sure. Mine comes out on May 24th, which by my math is next week by the time you're listening to this one, this episode comes out. So this one is called Hide by Kirsten White. And this, again, kind of talking about blending the genres, this is, this is a dark supernatural thriller, which of course, and if, if anyone knows anything about me, you know, that's totally my jam. So first off, the, the cover of this book is awesome. And you should definitely go take a look at it and see if that alone intrigues you to pick it up. But the premise of the book is there's a group of people and they are given a challenge. Spend a week hiding in an abandoned amusement park and don't get caught. And the last person to be standing wins a buttload of money. So automatically you're like, yeah, this this sounds totally fine. No way this could go wrong. And so obviously everyone is desperate to win, whether they are trying to achieve their dreams or escape the trauma of their past. And so everyone, everyone's really gunning for this prize. But Mac, the main character, is pretty sure that she can beat everyone because she is an expert at hiding. And the and she's an expert at hiding, and that's the reason she's alive and her family is not. So she's she's kind of got this this on think she's got this on lockdown. But then the people around her begin disappearing one by one. Kel surprise, am I right? But <laughs> Mac realizes at that point that, hey, maybe there's something else going on with this competition and that there's something way more sinister than she initially imagined. And that in order to survive, she may have to band together with some of her fellow competitors. And yeah, so this book, I mean, besides having an intense premise, there is something so creepy about abandoned amusement parks. I don't like them. I don't trust them. I don't trust amusement parks in general. Just let me be clear about that. But... Yeah, this this book just sounds so intriguing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm and now I'm wondering, I'm like, where's the supernatural element coming in? What's going on here? So <laughs> I am really jazzed about this book. And again, that is called Hide by Kirsten White. And that is out on May 24th.
2: I have never felt the same about amusement parks ever since I watched Final Destination. I, I'll just put it out there. Oh, yeah. All right, my pick of the week is With Prejudice by Robin Peguero. And for all you legal thriller fans out there, I think this one's one that you're going to definitely have to put on hold by do, do all the shenanigans with it. So this is a story about one night. No one knows what happened, and seven strangers must decide. Earl Thomas, a straight-laced tax man, with his fair share of police encounters, is the begrudging foreperson in a high-stakes trial in Miami. Laura is a physician whose unassuming manner conceals a private pain. Joseph Cole is the founder of his local neighborhood watch, unduly obsessed with the families around him. Along with four others, these jurors of varying ages and walks of life, whose paths would likely never have otherwise crossed, must come together to make one of the most important decisions of their lives – On the night Melina Mora, a free-spirited woman, both proud and kind, was murdered, she was seen with a young man of Gabriel Soto's description. Two strands of her hair were found in his bedroom. Sandy Kronwald, a young prosecutor whose political ambitions depend on securing a conviction, finds herself pitted against Jordan Whipple, a preening public defender armed with a freshly discovered dynamite piece of evidence of the eve of the trial, if the Honorable Darla Tackett will admit it. What Sandy Jordan and Judge Tackett all know, however, is the criminal justice system is complicated and everyone has a story, especially the jury, and it's their experiences that will ultimately shape the verdict. That is With Prejudice by Robin Peguero. That is out tomorrow, May 17th. So by the time you're hearing this episode, it is out in the world and I am I am already putting this on my Libby app as we speak. With that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookridecom slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookride.com, and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookridecom slash listen. Or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed
1: Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore Library Lady. And we will talk to you next time.